the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. In Hebrews 12, in verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run our race with patience. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everybody that's born again, you have a purpose in this life. You have a race to run that only you can run, and nobody else can run that race for you. And the enemy is a master at distractions. He'll do whatever he can do. He'll bring whatever temptation, and he'll do whatever he can do to keep you from fulfilling your purpose in this life. And until you find your purpose in this life, you're deceived. So it says, I, I wrote this down there. Wisdom that keeps me from dis distractions. Because um, there's many distractions in this world today. And the devil will bid for you to keep you from running your race. You know, there is this, um, this certain pastor one time, and he's not from around here. And he had asked me several times to come to his church and minister on a Sunday. And uh, I'd always tell him, I'll, I'll get back with you. You know, I'll get back with you. Because they didn't have church any other time but on Sunday. Well, he worked two jobs. And his wife worked all the time. And they was always busy. They was always distracted. And his favorite scripture, matter of fact, is the only scripture I ever heard him mention. If a man don't work, neither shall he eat. But you know... Work can be one of the greatest distractions in your life. And even though it don't look evil and it sounds good because God says if a man don't work, neither should he eat, you can get in a ditch, you can get off balanced, and the devil can distract you with something that looks so good and keep you from running your race. I want you to put up there, if you would, M.E., I want you to put up there Ephesians, the fifth chapter, in the 14th verse. It says in Ephesians 5 and 14. And by the way, I think 2018 is a time for Christians to wake up and get in their race. 
It says, Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So if we're going to be wise, we're going to understand what the will of the Lord is in our lives. But understanding exactly what the will of the Lord is in our lives. I know what the will of the Lord is in my life, and I'm following the will of the Lord in my life. And we'll get into it a little bit later about distractions that try to keep me from running my race. If you would, Emmy, put up there Luke 8 and verse 11. In Luke 8 chapter and verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a little while believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. Everybody on the face of this earth is tempted. Everybody. With the same temptations but he said that no temptation is taking you such as common to man so it's it's common to everybody but with the temptation he will always make a way to escape so temptation in itself is not a sin it's when you yield to the temptation is when you enter into the sin so in verse 14 it says they which fall among the thorns are they which when they he they've heard they go forth and they're choked with cares, riches, pleasures of this life, and bring forth no fruit to perfection. So we see right here, we see that um, we see these distractions of the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. But in verse 15, it said, But they on the good ground are they which in a honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. It said, but they on the good ground, in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it. Well, see, you're hearing the word of God tonight. And it's up to you whether that seed goes into your heart or not. And if it goes into your heart and it starts to take root and you don't let the devil have it, that seed will grow. And that seed will become a mighty tree that when the devil hits up against it, he'll just bounce off of it. The more word you believe, the more word you receive, the more word you operate in, the deeper them roots go into the ground. It's like this. Years ago, I had my own bulldozer. I had a caterpillar bulldozer. And I had bought two separate places of land, and I needed one because I didn't want to pay a lot of money to have it cleared off. I could pay, buy a bulldozer for what it would basically cost me, and I needed one. So I bought this bulldozer, and I could go up to a tree that's that big around. I just hit it and knock it down, you know, 
It wouldn't even phase that bulldozer. I can go up to another tree, and it's, it's a little bigger, and, you know, I hit it. Maybe I need to cut around some roots, and then I'll knock it down. But I go up to a big old oak tree, and that thing's there. Man, I hit it, bounce right off of it. I cut around the roots, still can't. It needs something bigger than that dozer to take it down. In other words, that tree is rooted and grounded. It's been there for a while. <laughs> it's going to take something to move it. And that's the way it is in your Christian life. See, the devil, he'll come up to you and hit you and just bounce right off of you because you've got the word of God in your heart. You're rooted and grounded. He can't move you. He can't move you. He may try to. It's his job to. But he cannot move you. Put up there in me Matthew 25 and verse 14. Matthew 25 and verse 14. I hope tonight if, um, if the enemy has deceived you in any kind of way, got you... Um, has misled you in any kind of way, and maybe you got off track. I hope tonight that you'll hear whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and you'll get on track, and you'll stay on track. You see, this life right here is real short. I don't care how long you live. You live 100 years. You may live 120. It's nothing. It's nothing but a puff of wind because... We're talking about eternity that never ends. So in other words, in millions upon millions upon million years from now, it's not even as one second because eternity is never going to end. And you have to find out what you're here for. You have to find out what you're living for. So in Matthew 25 and verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received the two, he also had gained two. But he that received the one, he digged, in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoned with them. So he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents, and behold, I have gained beside them five more talents. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathered where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, 
Thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore have put my money to the changes, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto every one that had shall be given, and he shall have abundance. From him that had not shall be taken away even that which he had. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gashing of teeth. So he gave, he, everybody sitting in this room tonight, he's giving you talents, abilities, and gifts. He's giving you something to do in the body of Christ. In other words, he's giving you a purpose in this life. You know, I talk to people all the time. I was just talking to a person the other day, and I said, I said, what do you, what do you, I, I knew that because I've talked to him before. He told me that he was saved. And um, I said, well, what do you do? I mean, he said, well, I go to church. I said, what do you do in the church? I said, what do you do? I said, do you have any idea what your purpose in this life is? He said, no. He said, I'm sure it's a lot more than what I'm doing. See, so in other words, he's just going to church. But he's not doing what his purpose in this life is. Let me just share this with you. The parable of the talents warns us that our place in service in heaven will depend on the faithfulness of our lives in service here. A talent represents our abilities, time, resources, and opportunities to serve God while on this earth. You're only going to have one opportunity to serve God. You're not going to do it when you leave here. If you're, you're, you're supposed to be living this life for today for what's going to be in eternity. And I don't want somebody else doing my part. Nobody else is going to do my part while I'm here. Now, I know about distractions. I know about the enemy. I know how he operates in this life. I've been a business owner for 39 years. And I know what it's like um, to try to be distracted from what God's called me to do. I know what it's like to be tempted, you know. There's been many opportunities to where the enemy has tried to tempt me with things to knock me off my course and get me out of my, out of my race. But... It hasn't happened, and it won't, it won't happen. But just many situations, like when I used to work for Wendy's, I didn't work for Wendy's International. I was a painting contractor, and I did some of their painting along with the other business that I did. And they mentioned Sundays and Wednesdays. I said, well, you count me out. I'm not working Sundays. I'm not working Wednesdays. I said, you'll have to get you somebody else. They said, no, we want you to do it. So they have to do it when I'm going to do it, not when they want it done. So if they want me to do it, they're going to, have to, they're going to have to wait on me. Because I know what Tuesday night is. It's prayer. I'm going to be here. I know what Wednesday is. It's church. I'm going to be here. I know what Sunday is. It's church. I'm going to be here. I know what Sunday night is. I'm going to minister down to jail. And guess what? I'm going to be there. Now, like I say, I, can't, I won't even attempt to think of them and name them all. But I know how the devil 
will operate in people's lives and manipulate them and distract them from doing their part in the body of Christ. And then you got people in the church, they're doing their part, they're doing other people's parts. And, and uh, the pastor should not be doing other people's parts in this church. Everybody should get in their own part, run their race, and do the will of God. And we ought to pray for our pastor and keep his hands up, but he don't need to be doing a lot of other people's position in this church. But I remember one time when Pastor Paul was alive, and I was out in Colleyville. And it was 10 minutes till 5. It was on prayer night. And I did prayer. And prayer at that time was at 6 o'clock. 10 minutes till 5, the pastor called me. He asked me where I was. I said, I'm out in Colleyville. And I had had a lot of complications with this vehicle that I was going to get out of this place. And I had already got it outside the fence. And my time was running out. I needed about 30 more minutes to do what I needed to do, but if I took that 30 minutes and did what I needed to do, I knew that I wouldn't make prayer. And, of course, the temptation comes, why don't you, Pastor Paul asked me, well, do you want me to get somebody to fill in for you? I said, no, sir, I'll be there. I was talking to the business owner. He said, if you leave that vehicle out there, they might steal it. I said, I don't care. I said, I thank you, Father God. I'm leaving here. I'm going to prayer. Because, see, the next day I have to make another trip all the way out there. And, see, the excuse would sound real good. This excuse, well, I just was stuck in the middle of something. I'll get somebody to fill in for me. I don't want somebody filling in for me. I don't want somebody doing my part. So I told the business owner, I don't care. I said, Father God, I thank you that angels are watching over that truck. And when I get here tomorrow, I'll still be sitting there. And I took off and I got here for prayer. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. You see, we can listen to all kinds of excuses, and they sound good. <laughs> but let me ask you something. When you stand before God, and you start giving all these excuses, what do you think they're going to sound like to him when he sees and knows everything? They ain't going to fly. He's going to roll that film, and it ain't going to work. I could go on about that, but... Just want to give you some examples how the enemy can keep you from doing what God called you to do on this earth and how important it is that you don't bury your talents. But you do exactly, you fit in exactly where you fit in at and do, you do your part in the body of Christ. Just like Pastor Guy got that box back there. He says, put me in, coach. In other words, you fill out one of them cards and you put on there what, 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 what department you want to... Uh, serve under and you go see somebody that's over a department whether it be Big Jim or Miss Mary or the sound or the story goes on the jail ministry on and on and on and then you get put in your race you got a race to run people and after you take your last breath and you don't know when that's going to be only thing's going to matter did you do the will of God or did you not and people say well you know I got a long time brother Tom do you? You sure? I talk to people all the time. I said, I just talked to her recently. Well, she's gone. She passed away. I said, she was fine when she talked to me, but she passed away. There's a lot of people that's gone, and you know it. And they left early. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. 
You need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit tonight. You need to be quickened. You need to get in your race. And I'm going to tell you something else. I've known people that's been in church for 35 years. They get offended. They get knocked out of their race, which should never happen. And then they say, well, you don't have to be a Christian to go to church. Well, let's just say this. You have to go to church to be Christ-like. Because he says, if you love me, you'll keep my words. And he said, don't forsake the semblance of yourself together. So maybe you don't. But I'm going to tell you, to be Christ-like, you're going to go to church. To be Christ-like, you have to do his will in your life. Which is only good for you. God's only got your best interest in mind. And he knows what is best for you. Luke 12 and verse 15. Luke 12 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. When he says, Beware and take heed, you better beware and take heed of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spoke a parable on the saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thou soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? And so is he that layeth treasure up for himself and is not rich towards God. It says, beware of covetousness. Money is a tool that the devil knows how to use, and he's a master at it. And sometimes people say, the Lord's blessing me. Well, let's put it this way. I've seen people, many people, many Christians drawn away with it, okay? I remember when I was doing the business for Wendy's, they said, we got 79 or 80 restaurants in Atlanta. You see, they was paying me $320 an hour. And they wanted me to go to Atlanta. I heard in my spirit, don't do it. I said, uh-uh, I don't want it. I'm not going to do it. I remember one time I had a, a bid out when I was a painting contractor on a big job. It was big, and I got the bid. I heard in my spirit, don't do it. I called. I said, cancel my bid. Withdraw it. I don't want it. See, I ain't signed the contract yet, so I can do that. But see, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll keep you out of a lot of trouble because money's got a hook in it, see? And it'll deceive you. There's much deception in money. And that's why he said, beware of covenants and take heed. Because you get to looking more at the money and the things than you do the kingdom of God and you get your eyes off. You see, you get, you get unfocused. That's why I said don't be unwise, but understand what is the will of the Lord. Now, see, only you can know that. 
Only you can know what the will of the Lord is for in your life. I'm running my race. I'm doing everything that I know to do. And if he ever puts anything else in my spirit for some other direction or whatever the case may be, then that's the direction that I move in. But I'm steadfast. I stay where I belong. I do what I know that I'm supposed to do. Because when he asked me, he, and I stand before him, he's going to say, okay, what did you do with what I gave you? You see, some people have more than others, but the grace of God's there to do whatever he called you to do. He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? I better have the right answer. I believe I left off. What verse did I leave off, Amy? About 20, 21. And he said unto disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, the body more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you with taking one thought can add to his statue one cubic? And if you be not, then be not able to do that which is least, why take thought for the rest? Why? Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. Neither one of them matters. Why should I care? If I'm trusting in God, why should I care about yesterday's gone? I'll forget it. Tomorrow's not here. I'm not going to take a thought about tomorrow. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not. They spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, all of his glory, was not arraigned like one of these. And if, the, if God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow's cast into the oven... How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. And all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Verse 41. But seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have and give alms, provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, that will be your heart also. Where's your treasure at? Is your treasure in seeking first the kingdom of God and doing the will of your heavenly Father? Or is your treasure somewhere else? Or is your treasure divided? Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants when the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Truly I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And he shall come in the second, if he shall come in the second watch or in the third, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken up. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. You don't know when the Lord's going to come back. He could come back tonight. And the question is, are you ready? Are you running your race? 
Are you ready to be prepared to uh, uh, stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of your life? See, you've got to be ready now to give an account. Now is the time. It's too late when he comes back like the foolish virgins that let their oil go out. See, they thought they had plenty of time. But they didn't. The cry was made. And they was left. Put up there, if you would, Emmy, Luke 9 and verse 57. And it came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto the foxes, Have holes, the birds of the hair have nests, but the son of man had nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead. Go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at my house. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. When the Lord Jesus Christ went to the apostles, the disciples, and said, come on and follow me. It says they left everything and took off and followed him. It says they left their boats, they left their father, they left everything, and they took off to run the race to do the will of God. And there's things you're going to have to leave behind if you're going to get out there and run your race and do what God calls you to do, because it says laying down every weight and every sin. And sometimes the weights are harder to detect than the sins. Sins, in most cases, people that are spiritually discerned can recognize sins. But those weights, they're the ones that are so tricky because they can come in good packages and look good and say the Lord's blessing me in the whole time the devil's got a hook in you. Put up there, Emmy, Luke 14 and verse 15. I'm just trying to help you people. I'm just trying to help you learn some things about the enemy and learn about your life and your purpose for being here. Your joy, your peace will never be what it's supposed to be until you're in the center of God's will and doing what he called you to do. Luke 14 and verse 15. I'm just reading what the Bible says. It says, and, one of, and when one of those that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bid many. He said in the service out of supper time to say to them the, the, that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuses. The first one said unto them, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five oak of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I had married a wife. And I cannot come. So they all begin to make their excuses. Well, Pastor Guy, I would be there and I would do it, but I just married this wife and I just can't do it. God is never going to lead you to marry anybody that's going to draw you away from the kingdom of God. 
Put up there, Emmy, if you would. Second Timothy, verse uh, chapter four and verse six. Second Timothy four and verse six. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, "I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course." I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. So the Apostle Paul said he, got, he fought a good fight. He finished his course. He kept the faith. Everybody's got a course to run, see? If you don't run your race in this life, you fail. You know, I'm sure that most people in here probably have heard this song that says, I did it my way. Regrets. They had a few. They might have thought at the time they had a few regrets. But I'm sure wherever they're at right now, it's a lot more than a few regrets. You see, one person, they did it their way. The Apostle Paul, he did it God's way. So there's two ways you can do it. You can do it your way, or you can do it God's way. And the choice is yours. Now, if you have not been doing it God's way, I got news for you. Good news. You're still breathing. It's time to make some adjustments, some corrections, some changes, and get on track a little bit at a time. Because the devil can get you way off that track, see? He can get you in a ditch. And you'll be wondering, I wonder what's wrong. I'll tell you what's wrong. You're not in the center of God's will. The center of God's will is not just coming to church. The center of God's will is doing exactly what he called you to do. And you can't see everything that's in you and you may not know everything that's in you. But if you do it one step at a time, you start somewhere. When I first got saved, all I knew is I wasn't going to a church that had church once a week. I was going to a church at that time. They had church on Wednesday, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. I was going to go where I can be in church the most. I knew that I wasn't going to sit on no pew. I was going to be doing something for the kingdom of God. Didn't know what. But every time they said they needed something, I raised my hand. And started getting involved until God could adjust me a little bit here and a little bit there and put me to where I need to be. And then grow where I'm at so if he needs to place me somewhere else because I've been faithful and done what he's called me to do. He can, by his hands, he can place me where he needs me to be. But I'm not going from A to Z. I'm going to go A, B, C, D, E, F, you see? 
as I submit myself to God and I'm faithful to do what he calls me to do, then he is able to adjust me and place me where he needs me. I encourage you. If you're not doing your part in the body of Christ, fit in somewhere. Because these leaders, if you, don't, if you get in their place and you don't belong in their place, these leaders got enough spiritual sense to move you around and get you where you belong. We just want you in your place. We don't want people burn out here. I'm not going to get burned out. I'm not going to do 10 people's jobs. I'll help. I'll do. But when I see that it's trying to affect my life in a negative way and it's trying to uh, uh, get me uh, burnt out, no, no. I'll run my race. I'll do what God called me to do because he's graced me to do whatever I do. And he has graced you to do whatever it is for you to do. I'll say this again. If you live this life and you don't run your race and you don't do what God has called you to do, you have failed. Put up there, Emmy, and I'll probably come close to a close here. Put up there Romans 12, 1 and 2. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I, be, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants you to do what is good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. I, can't, I couldn't imagine living in this life, being a Christian, and sitting on a pew and not doing what God called me to do. And the talents and the abilities and, he, and gifts he gave me just, just wasted. Wasted. I encourage you, whether you're a housewife, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a manager... Or whatever. Don't let the enemy deceive you about your place in the body of Christ. Because when you ain't doing your place, somewhere, somebody's got to do it. For it to get done. So God will grace Joe over here. Or Billy over here. To get it done. But you don't want that in your life, I promise you. I'm speaking about eternal matters. I'm not speaking about this here now and uh, this puff of smoke I'm speaking to you about what's going to be best for you in eternity I know many people started the race got out of the race don't get out of your race run your race run it with patience so when the enemy comes up to you and tries to tempt you with whatever, because temptation is going to come. It comes to everybody. I'm tempted every day just like you are. I get up in the morning. I say, God, I thank you for today. I thank you yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. I thank you that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit every day. I don't live off yesterday's infilling. I get filled every day. And I say, the devil has no authority over me. He has no power over me. He's been defeated. Therefore, he's under my feet. 
I'm going out here today. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to run it with joy. I'm going to finish my course. And nobody is going to do my part. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.